0: This isn't Grandma's radio show. We talk about slobber knocking fights. Grounded pound. Rear naked jokes. Plug your ears if you aren't interested. Plug your ears if you don't want to hear it. Cause coming up next, another brand new episode of Sucker Radio. This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com. I can't believe this could happen to me Plucked from obscurity or whatever I was working to be But the opportunity presented itself So I seized the door was open It's the breath of fresh air that I needed Just an average dude And now I've become a catalyst Make connection between fighters and fans Can you imagine it? I've learned to manage it Analyst analysis Studied the sport in every point Because I'm passionate I play the advocate And sometimes the antagonist Building up the hype before a fight This ain't by accident in the world of mixed martial arts, I'm the evangelist, spreading the news of MMA, the number one candidate. Calibrate levels of greatness as so we collaborate. Mikey Rock is carrying me brand as we reactivate. Brand creates the show for the fans and this magnanimous. Jury's out decision and yes, it's unanimous. It's, it's, it it it's the radio, it's the it's the radio. Sucker sucker radio. It's the radio,
1: Welcome back, Suckers to another edition. Of Sucker Radio here on MMA Sucker.com. We have a great show for you today as always. Um, I will be joined by World Series of Fighting inaugural heavyweight champion Smolino Rama. He will join the show today. We will also have Taddy Talk with Daniel Sass. We'll have Justin Pirro's Unpopular Opinions. And as always, thanks to my sponsor, Onnit. Head on over to onit.com. enter in the promo code MMA That's M M A S U C K A, and get ten percent off of any and all supplements. These guys have everything from Alpha Brain to New Mood to T Plus, which is a testosterone enhancer. Um, They have a ton of stuff. They don't only have supplements, though. The 10% off will work on your supplements, but they also have fitness equipment. Everything you need for your fitness goals. Before we get to uh, my first guest or my first uh, segment of the day, I'd just like to talk about a couple fight announcements. We hear um, Hen and Brow will be back um, he will be the co-main event at UFC Fight Night 58 in Brazil against Canadian Mitch Gagnon. Uh, this sort of boggles my mind. <laughs> it's a great fight. I enjoy it. It's fun because, you know, the Canadian gets to step up. But uh, the favorite in this bout should win. Henan Burrell taking on a guy that, I don't know, I guess in the UFC's eyes he deserves this shot, but interesting uh that they gave this fight to him also announced uh is at UFC 181 Uriah Faber will take on Francisco Francisco Rivera which also is an interesting matchup again the favorite Uriah Faber should win this fight decisively and move on to face whoever the heck he wants next in a non-championship bout but can you ever deny the California kid a championship bout? Because n- this guy has not lost in his 11 year professional MMA career a non championship fight in any organization. It's, it's quite amazing if you ask me. So I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm going to let Justin Pirro give his unpopular opinions.
0: You got an opinion? It doesn't matter. Justin Pirro doesn't give a shit about yours. Up next, Unpopular Opinions, here on Sucker Radio.
2: Hello, everybody. Once again, it's me, Justin Pirro, back for more Unpopular Opinions on Sucker Radio at MMA So, first things first, the Mayhem Miller thing. I know that. Guys like James Lynch and Adam Martin think that uh, discussing Miller's latest outlandish situation and arrest last week is clickbait. And that we should just put it off to the side. Um, I disagree with that. I think right now it's important that we do talk about Mayhem Miller. We know he's got problems. We know he's got issues, but that has to be the start of a larger conversation within the mixed martial arts community, fans, fighters, promoters, managers, everybody, about mental health. There are a lot of fighters who may very well be damaged people. You know, guys like Junie Browning, Hell, Dana White himself may even have a couple of uh, psychological foibles that could use some uh, treatment. And that's something we need to discuss, because in an atmosphere that's considered so macho, we can't be afraid to ask for help dealing with our demons. In fact, that should be encouraged, especially for fighters, because as we saw with Mayhem Miller, when things go wrong, they go really wrong. Next, next, we all... We all probably know what happened with Ryan Ford and the whole fighting with the broken arm at WSOF this past weekend. And his loss, along with, uh, unfortunately, what happened to Matt Dwyer and what seems to happen to a lot of Vancouver-based fighters when they step aside, it illustrates the problems of fighting local. If you follow me on Twitter, at Stormland Brand, you may have seen my discussion with uh, Vancouver and BC MMA notable Paul Lazenby on this very subject. And while certainly circumstances are one thing that can keep fighters from traveling to fight, I'm not saying they have to go to TriStar and train. I'm just saying, you know, suck it up. Take the opportunity. Fight in Alberta. Fight in Washington State. You know? Fighters here, unfortunately, I've I've noticed this. The gutsiest fighters, the ones who are willing to go fight wherever, it's the women. Sarah Morris, Cheryl Chan, Julia Budd, you know? Sarah Kaufman. They... Traveled to fight. They traveled to fight. What did Sarah Morris do. Before she got on tough. She went and she fought in Saskatchewan. And Cheryl Chan. I'm pretty sure she was the only. BC based fighter on that. Super Fight League America card. That uh, Jeremy covered. Not too long ago. So. Show some stones local fighters. You know, Take your cues from the Cheryl Chans. From the Sarah Morrises. You know, from the Jeremy Kennedys who's overfighting in Asia, who's training at Team Quest Thailand. You know, take those cues. Take your fights. Don't be big fish in small ponds. Grow out, grow. Be big fish in big ponds. I know you guys have the potential. Look at Josh Johnson. He got the opportunity to start fighting outside of Canada as a kickboxer. He took it. Look at him now. He's signed with glory. And he's still practically a kid. So, all you fighters who think that the UFC should be banging down your door just because you've got three fights with Battlefield? No. Battlefield's a good place to develop, but it will only get you so far. Take fights out of province. Show yourself. Expose more audiences to what you can do. I have faith that if you go out there, you can develop and eventually make your way to where you really want to be. Because I don't think it's fighting at a casino in Richmond. And finally, all you people who are excited because Floyd Mayweather starts talking some smack saying he wants to get into MMA because he thinks the fighters are underpaid. No, no, no. He sees an opportunity for him to make money off the backs of these fighters. But I wouldn't trust Floyd Mayweather as far as I can throw his entourage. Did you see the bullshit that he pulled in front of the Nevada State Athletic Commission about that whole thing on his uh, primetime or countdown special for his last fight? About the fights going on in his gym and the women rolling, rolling joints? Saying it was prop marijuana and it was all staged? Come on. If that was the case, he would have brought samples. But no, I mean, the guy has a history of domestic abuse, outright greed, and, well, I'm going to say it, duckin'. So, why would you trust him with our sport? I don't even trust Floyd Mayweather with boxing. He's almost as bad as that cancer Bob Arum. So yeah, let's keep Money Mayweather out of MMA, because all he's going to be is a leech. Anyways, I just want to say, if you want to follow me on Twitter, if you have complaints and grievances and you feel like you need to voice them, at Stormland Brand, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Stormland. Now, I'm going to throw it back to Jeremy, because it's time for him to give you some tatty talk.
1: That's right. As Justin said, it is time for Taddy Talk. Sass's Taddy Talk, that is. Uh, Welcome back, Daniel Sass. Here he is with another edition of Taddy Talk.
3: Hey, how's it going?
1: It's it's going, man. That that first episode or first edition of Taddy Talk we had was a lot of fun. It got some great yeah, feedback was... on the on, on the Facebook page, on the Twitter page. Uh, people awesome. just talking to me and stuff, telling me how much they enjoyed it. Did you get awesome. um, much feedback from it?
3: Actually, yeah. I mean, I I, uh, I showed it to a few friends and whatnot, and they were all like pretty stoked about it. In the sense that it, uh, you know, they felt it was pretty honest, and uh, you know that what i was hoping to get across i'm not gonna sugarcoat anything i'm just gonna have a real conversation about what i think about these tattoos and they thought it was fun they said they'd like to see it for other sports too
1: <laughs> yeah for sure now we <laughs> you, you spoke on the last episode about possibly you know maybe having questions come up and we did we had a couple questions yeah. the one that i wanted to talk about uh, right off the hop was actually from one of our writers justin Pirot, who just actually had his unpopular opinions air on the show um, his question was regarding female mixed martial artists and tattoos. Just, if you mm-hmm. want, just sort of talk about that and, and your feelings on females and tattoos and, and tattoos in mm-hmm. the sport of MMA and, and some of the female tattoos that you dig.
3: Yeah, 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 for sure. Actually, it was interesting because when I was looking back at uh, the podcast, I really didn't say anything about the female tattoos. I'm um, glad that that came up. Um, you know, it's interesting because we're just starting to see them now. So I don't I you know, I I can't really think of too many off the hop that really pop up into my head. But something that I thought was really interesting as I'm watching now the latest season of, you know, Ultimate Fighter twenty when it's all it's all women duking it out and now I'm getting to see more of the tattoos all in the same room and stuff and something that I kinda of thought was a little funny and interesting and came to mind is like it looks just like the ones on the guys. It's like it's like they're just chicks, but they look exactly the same as the guys. They all have eccentric hair, or you know, some of them do, and but some of them have tattoos. And one that do, they just kind of look like the same, the same sort of, old, you know, some have like scripts, some have tribal, some have some like pattern designs, or there's So it's, it's it's really cool to see that it's almost kind of the same thing. And I guess ultimately you're dealing with the same type of person, the fighter, right? So maybe that's what. uh the criteria
1: (laughs) now i remember chatting with you after the show um you you messaged me on facebook and you said damn one thing i wanted to talk about was ronda rousey's tattoos and she's the champ she's the one to see everyone knows who she is so just talk about her tattoos
3: yeah exactly actually you know she has very subtle tattoos you know and um something i was gonna say that you know when you do Female tattoos in comparison to male tattoos, you have to consider certain things. Now, yes, they're still fighters, but, you know, they're women. They're more delicate. They're more feminine. You might want a tattoo to flow, even if you did the exact same sort of design. It'd have to flow and be a, maybe look a little different than it would on a guy. Maybe a certain script might look better thinner, more feminine rather than so-and-so. So when you see these tattoos on Ronda, you almost can't even see them all the time. you got to look up close. She's got, like, the little octagons on her wrist, which I thought were really cool. Um, she's got her Olympic, uh, rings on her ankle and some script going around her ankles, which I don't know what it says, but it's cool. You know, it's subtle. They look really well done. You know, they look like she, she got them done properly, but, uh, they're just, you know, I'd like to see more on her someday, but, um, what she has is very subtle. It's well done. And those octagons on her wrist, I really like that Considering she's a fighter. I haven't seen that on anybody else, you know, all these other fighters have like, uh, cages in behind their tattoos, like on their backs and stuff, you know, like the, the links for the cage, right? but I
4: really like
1: the on the rest. Now, one other question that I wanted to bring up today. Um, we'll get to some others, obviously, on future um, podcasts. But the one that I wanted to talk about was from a guy on Twitter. I can't recall his Twitter account handle. I'm oh. sorry to that guy. But he asked, um, how long should fighters take off from training after they get a tattoo? Which I thought was a great question. Mm. I thought, thought, you know, because not only are we talking these UFC fighters and their tattoos, but often guys that listen to this show train in the sport as well.
3: Yeah, that's true. That's very true, actually. And uh, that's a really good question. You know, and I get the question a lot from people who just generally work out and exercise a lot. I can only imagine when you're rolling or, you know, doing anything like that. I mean... I, you know, more or less for sport and exercise, I don't consider myself at any level, but I mean, I I did a little bit of boxing, you know, and like, you know, even just training and stuff like that, I sweat a lot and, you know, I had some tattoos healing in certain areas, even just, you know, you feel it a little bit more if you feel it there, you know, this one guy who was a boxer in the gym and he, um, I did something in the ditch of his arm and I told him, yo, man, you got to take some time off because your hand is constantly extending with your punches, that's never going to heal properly, right? You need at least a couple of weeks for any tattoo to heal, but even so... Like, maybe even a little bit more than that, depending on how it's going, right? And this guy, of course, didn't listen to me. He came back, and it was all all chewed up. It had gotten really scabby because of the constant sweating and friction in that area. When a tattoo heals, it's pretty much a, a healing wound. So the first few days, you really can't get it wet at all. You know, you want to keep it dry because that's what's going to cause it to burst out into scabs. And after that, you want to keep it dry as well. But generally, you don't want to touch it. You certainly don't want to rub it. Uh, You don't want to pick up the scabs because the scabs come off early. The bean comes out with it. So any sort of exercise you can imagine, I'm talking about the guy's ditch of his arm. Imagine you're rolling with somebody or something like that. forget It's not even an option, you know. So you need at least a couple of weeks, um, maybe three or four, just to make sure the skin's all healed up and nice. And Because honestly, a good tattoo depends on how well you take care of it as well as how well the tattoo is done, but, you know, how well you take care of it in that, in that time is very really important. So to answer his question, I would say a couple of weeks to at least, I mean, a, at least a couple of weeks to a month, maybe. Um, you know, obviously, don't get a tattoo right before you're about to start a training camp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, maybe wait till afterwards if you know you're going to be taking a little bit of a vacation, you know, plan a tattoo right afterwards.
1: Definitely. Well, thank you to that guy who had the question of, uh, as I said, I forgot Mm. his name. (laughs) My bad. Um, Just, yeah, thanks to him for that. This week, uh, we've had some fight announcements. We've had, you know, Barrow is fighting. Um, He's taking on Mitch Gagnon, who's a Canadian. Uriah Faber is fighting. I don't think either of these guys actually have any tattoos. Can you correct me if I'm wrong? Uh, These are two big name fighters, Uriah Faber and Barrow.
3: You know, actually, what are you talking about, Henan Burrell? And this is actually somebody I wanted to bring up last time, too, and I forgot. Henan Burrell has just the one big tattoo on his back, man. Oh, there you go. Yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. And remember how I was talking about Cub Swanson's back? He has the cross, but it's so busy with everything else, there, and how that may be a result of constantly adding more to a tattoo. I've seen his back from back in the day, a picture of it, and it was just the cross. So exactly that happened. But a guy like Henan Burrell said, you know what, I just want the one tattoo, a big one, on his back. They took the whole canvas into account rather than just the one and then added to it, you know what I mean? So he's got this clear cross on his back, nice clear script up and down, like like, uh, above it and underneath it, that you can read clearly from not too far away. You know, that's a good back piece right there. But yeah, Uriah Faber doesn't have any tattoos, no
1: interesting interesting um now off the air you were uh talking about a guy who lost to a fellow canadian this last weekend patrick yeah. holahan or Hulahan, however yeah. you want to pronounce his name just yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. give the goods on this guy
3: yeah conor mcgregor's boy and i love conor mcgregor so i was rooting for him too in a way but he was up against a canadian who came in the last second and he really laid a whooping on him had really proud of our canadian for that one but um Man, that tattoo he has on his arm, that Spartan tattoo, I love it. I'm i am a huge 300 fan. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's really well done. But I had to laugh a little bit. At it and I had to bring it up. It's like you've got an, I, a Scottish guy playing a Greek guy on an Irish guy's arm <laughs> fighting in Canada. I thought it was a little comical, but uh, the tattoo was cool. So I really liked that. Nice like pale skin it was like a perfect painting of it
1: one guy i wanted to talk about this week as well george st pierre supposedly dana white and lorenzo fertita have gone to montreal and discussed with this guy um about coming back to the ufc obviously that, yeah, that sort that of holds team. some big plans for for TriStar because of rory mcdonald and stuff like that gsp has a few tattoos of his own um he does. talk about those
3: you know, he has, uh, well, he has a footwear on his calf, which is obviously because he's from Quebec. And but what do you think them... of
1: little ones like that?
3: You know what? Not everybody needs to be covered in tattoos, you know? There are some people who just plain and simple don't like them for no religious reason or anything like that. They just don't like them. Uh some people only want a couple and I actually commend those people for being able to stay at just the few that they want because for me it's like, Oh, I just can't get enough, you know. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure everybody can agree with it, like you just can't wait for your next session, right? But you know, some people are satisfied with just a few, like Rhonda, for example. You know, you don't need to get covered up and you know that's what I mean. I like those more subtle ones. He's got the flirtily on his uh calf, he's got some writing on his chest, which I don't know what that means, but I
1: either way, um
3: and I think that's it, right? Just the two.
1: Yeah. I think so yeah as well. exactly uh, it's, it's
3: kind of nice actually I think why not right
1: there you go there you go uh anything else you want to chat about this week?
3: oh, you know there were so many uh fighters I've been watching over the last uh since we' talked and I was taking some notes, but then I've just I've been so busy and I didn't uh I didn't keep doing that but uh, off the top of my head, nothing really is coming to mind um you know there's some bigger fights coming up and whatnot I'd like to maybe uh. If we can get in uh, sometime before then Kind of compare the fighters coming up on the card That'd be pretty cool
1: For sure yeah And maybe we'll even take in a, into account Some predictions and stuff like that On the show yeah. as well with you um, Since you're such a huge fan um, Yeah so for that We've gone over 10 minutes Which is pretty good for a little tatty talk I figured uh, yeah. Just let people know where they can go to hold of you In the social media universe And, and anything else you've got going on In the not so distant future
3: yeah, thanks a lot. Well, I mean, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, my Instagram home is at sass underscore inc, S-A-S, that's my last name, uh, or just sass space ink. sass inc on Facebook. Um, you can see me at Funhouse on uh, Candy Street. But um, anything coming up, actually, I'm starting to get um, some paintings together, some things I'd like to start making some prints of. And, you know, I don't want to do the same things everybody else is doing, you know, roses and skulls and stuff. I want to do things I like. I do portraits. I want to start getting athletes in that I like, and I'm definitely going to do a series of UFC fighters. So you know what? In the future, keep your eyes open. You might see some prints you might want to buy.
1: Thanks a lot, Sass. As always, it's been a pleasure, man.
3: Hey, thanks for having me again.
1: Now that was awesome. Sass talking the tatties again. He uh, spoke about the women this week. He spoke about George St. Pierre and his tattoos. And how cool was it to, t- to learn how long to take off from uh, training or whatever you may do after you get a tattoo? This is something that I know a lot of people wonder. Um, I'm sure people search the internet for this, but why not get first-hand knowledge from a tattoo artist? So thank you to the guy who asked that question. Uh, I forget your name, as I said in the segment. Uh, and thank you to Sass for answering that question. I'm super excited about how this segment has, been, uh, has progressed over the first week even. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes. So if you have questions for Sass, as I said, email them to us at uh, jeremy at or leave a message on our Facebook page and we'll get those questions answered by Sass the next time he is on, which will probably be in the next couple weeks or so. Uh, With that, we're going to get to my next guest right after this, the World Series of Fighting first-ever heavyweight champion of the world, Smolino the Prince Rama. Joining me now is the first-ever World Series of Fighting heavyweight champion, Smolino Rama. Thanks for stopping stopping by today, Smolino. First off, congratulations on the giant victory at WSOF 14, man.
4: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on the show today.
1: For sure. Now the real reason I wanted to have you on the show today wasn't really to talk your fights, but to actually have the chance to say Smolino Rama. <laughs> just just sort of give our listeners the background on the name. Where does Smolino even come from?
4: It's just a name uh my dad made, uh he, he took he took his his father's name, his mother's name and his own name, just kind of mashed it together and just put it together in a in a Lucrative kind of way, and that's the name.
1: Obviously, it's it's been a topic um, growing up your whole life. It it must have sucked having uh you know uh, substitute teachers in school and stuff trying to pronounce your name.
4: Yeah, but hey, whatever. I didn't mind. It's not a big issue. <laughs> now,
1: how <laughs> did, how did a kid from Calgary? get into the sport of mixed martial arts i mean canadian cities there there wasn't a lot of mixed martial arts um although you are 22 i guess the mixed martial arts scene has flourished as you've been growing up but you know generally canadians get into sports like hockey and lacrosse just walk us through the progression of the prince
4: well i was always an athletic kid i was always involved in sports so um i just wanted to take it to the next level and you know, I fell in love with MMA watching it on TV, and I, I said, "Hey, I want to try that out." And it, it'd be good to learn how to how to fight, in a sense as well as so you can always defend yourself. So, I, kind of, I went to a gym and signed up, and since then it's just I've been going steady.
1: Have you always been with the same gym? No. Y- y- yes, I I I, um, I signed up with uh, this
4: gym here in town, Knuckles MMA, and I went to a few other gyms, and now I just I go from one gym to the other where I can get. I can get like good boxing at one gym, good MMA at the other, good jiu-jitsu at one other gym, and I just kind of we all started working together now as a team.
1: As a guy who is the heavyweight champion now of World Series of Fighting, is branching out something that you're going to try, say cross-training at other gyms around the world?
4: Definitely. You know, I, I, I see the importance in training in big camps, and I see the import, importance of training at home. The thing is with uh, training at big camps is you don't get the attention you need as a high-level competitor, right? because the coaches have to worry about more people than just you. But the good thing with that is that I get to, I'll get a chance to train with high level guys and compete with them and spar with them and kind of try to see where I need to be. And then I'd like to be able to start out the beginning of my camp here and train with my coaches, get the game plan going, go and spend the like a few weeks in the middle of my camp at a big camp and train with good athletes and good fighters and see where I'm at and what I need to improve on. And then, come back to town and work again with my coaches here at home where I get the attention I need and we get to sharpen things up because um with all the success I've had I've been um it's it's obvious where it came from I I've, I've I've been trained at American Top Team or uh Jackson's MMA I've I've been training here at home and I've had great success so I don't see that uh changing that would uh, would make a big difference it could make a big difference but it couldn't but if it's if it's working I don't see the reason why I should change it
1: for sure. Now, are those the the camps that that you sort of have your eye on, like the American top teams and Jackson's, or is there anything specific or any one specific that you dream to train with? Truthfully,
4: no. I've I've always had an eye on on uh, Matt Saracen for a long time, way before Chris Weidman was even uh, a name. I've always uh, had had a like paid attention to them, and um, I'd like to go train there, but. Again, I don't know those gems, I don't know what they're about, so I would have to go try a few different camps and see where it's best for me, right? But for, like I said, home home is the best. Like This is where I've had the most success, and I don't plan to change
1: that. For sure. Now let's talk about your most recent outing. As we said, you won the championship in the co-main event at WSOF 14. You finished Derek Mayman and surprised many, I'm sure, a ton of people didn't know who you were prior to that bout, but they definitely do now, especially with it being seen on NBC Sports Network, um, and including Boss Rutten. Explain the emotions running through you when you were chatting with Boss after the fight.
4: It was incredible because uh, Boss was one of the, like one of my heroes, like getting into MMA, and he's the one who motivated me to get in get involved just by watching his videos and watching him and speak, and just. You know it was crazy. It was a crazy ride. It was it was a lot of things taken at once. I got to meet Ray. I got to meet Boss. I got to win the title for the first time. I beat a good opponent and um, in spectacular fashion. So it was just it was a crazy night. It was very exciting. Everybody was thrilled. You know I'm very thankful for that night.
1: Being in your your home province, you won the championship in Alberta. Just explain the after party. I mean that must have been crazy.
4: Well, you know what? I'm 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 more of a I'm an athlete, right? So I'm very disciplined. So yeah, there was an after party, but honestly, I was there for ten minutes. I had half of a drink and I left. I went home. <laughs> I went and ate. I went I went and ate a little bit, had some dinner, hung uh, out with some close people, and I uh, just enjoyed my night accordingly.
1: The excitement in you was was absolutely cool to see. I watched it on TV live, and just seeing you following the fight, the emotion that came out in you, not. Not just after you had won, not when boss was talking to you, but even when the ring announcer was reading your name and everything, you were saying it along with him. You were just taking it all in. This was obviously one to scratch off the bucket list and a dream come true, hey? Definitely, definitely. Now, talk us through the finish. You rocked him with some solid punches, just wouldn't let him recover. Um, Were you surprised at all that you were able to get the finish this early? No, I wasn't really surprised
4: because of the way I've been training. I've been training to be fast and explosive. Like That was our main concern about this fight was angles. um, Not countering him, but kind of he he throws in very straightforward. So our plan was to kind of step to the side while hitting at the same time, so catch him coming in. And um, you know, I worked a lot on speed. I worked a lot of conditioning, and it was just all speed. It was speed and explosiveness. So I, I kind of, I thought about it and this was the plan and it just, I managed to get in there and capitalize and the way we planned it, it went, so.
1: So, you fought on Saturday, won the title, and you're already back to training. Is is this the way you normally work with no rest time, just right back into the gym?
4: Well, you know what? I've been, um, I have been resting a little bit this week. I've just been relaxing but still going to the gym just a little bit just to get some you know, so get a sweat going and all that stuff. But full time training, I have an off season training schedule and an on season. Like I have a training camp and then I have off season training. So starting on Monday, I'm going to start my off season training and just yeah, and just try to improve on skill and then keep my conditioning and my uh, cardio at a certain level. And then when the fight time comes, I can pick it up and just explode once again
1: now i heard through the grapevine answer me this uh, truthfully obviously um <clears throat> i heard that you have never fought in the states because of some issues about crossing the border is this true
4: yeah it is it is um it was just uh I, we moved here and they ne- they decided to never give us any um any leniency on, on on traveling but those issues have uh are just being resolved at the moment and uh my next fight's gonna be in the U.S.
1: So you already have an next fight planned? Well,
4: not the not the date, but obviously we're gonna fight again.
1: For yeah, definitely, um, you fought three yeah. times in twenty fourteen. D- so you're gonna fight again? You said your next fight is lined up, not the date, but would you like to step back inside the cage in this calendar year?
4: Um, no, personally, no. No, I wouldn't like to do that. I'd like to take the rest of the year off. Not off. But um, off of fighting. And plus, the way I see it, the, the, my, uh, the promotion I'm in doesn't have any contenders in the division right now. They're going to need to put somebody else to fight, two other opponents to fight one another and then come out here.
1: Who would those opponents be? I mean, now that you're the champ, you get a say sort of of who you would like to fight next. And, and don't say, obviously, whoever WSOF puts in front of me, because there's got to be two top heavyweights that you think uh, make the most sense.
4: I truthfully, I don't have a say in this. I don't have a say. It's, it's whoever earns the title fight. That's the only way it works. Whoever's earned the fight, there's, that's who's going to get it. I don't have a say in who's going who's gonna to win fights and who's going to beat who. Right? Whoever comes my way, I'm going to need to face, and that's the way it is. That's the job, and that's what my team does. That's what I do, and that's what's going to continue to happen.
1: But who do you think WSOF has in the heavyweight division that could face you next?
4: I have no idea. Personally, I can't say.
1: Okay, now being just 22 years old, you have many good years ahead of you. Your obvious goal is to be on top of the UFC's heavyweight division because that is the top of the food chain. Looking at their rankings though, almost all of their top 10s, top 10 guys on their ranking list are 35 and over. I'm sure you've noticed this. Um, does this intrigue you to see what you could do inside the Octagon in the future?
4: Definitely, you know the, the the goal is to get to the big show, the biggest show that there is, and you know maybe that's UFC, maybe it's Bellator, maybe it's somebody who who knows. And, and World Series is coming up fast. There's no there's no uh, denying that they're going to do something big pretty soon here. And um, I'm very excited to be part of this promotion, but obviously my goal is to fight the best people and pro- progress accordingly. And you know the age factor doesn't play. I, of course, I'm not finished developing completely yet as a like my as a human, I haven't completely developed, and I have a few more years to go. So we'll see the changes that I that I face in the next few years. Everybody keeps telling me I obviously don't understand myself, but <laughs> I don't know. The age doesn't play into factor for me, and I find that you know I I have time, but I don't have time to fool around. Right? I have time to become a great athlete, but I don't have time to sit back and let time do its work. I have to put in my work, and as the years are going by fast, and
1: it's already been three years now, and
4: you know, I've come this far, and I have twenty years more left, and I have plenty of places left to go.
1: Not necessarily for you, though, but for the top 10 of the UFC, I mean. These guys are, are reaching their... their uh, They're past their prime, pretty much, most of these guys at 35 and over. So that gives you almost a fresh start inside the Octagon when you do make it there.
4: Well, I guess. I, I don't see it like that, because those guys are the top 10. are the best athletes in the world. You can't take anything away from them.
1: Good answer. If and when... The UFC does a heavyweight season of the ultimate fighter, would that be an option for you?
4: Why not? It's 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 exposure, it's money, it's uh it's fighting, it's everything I'm in the sport to do. So uh, you know if whoever gives me ever whoever gives me what I want, I'm gonna take. And World Series of Fighting is doing a great job of that, so I'm very happy where I'm at and I have a world title and I can be more excited and uh, I'm just I'm just looking forward to improving.
1: Now, finally, if you could dream up a scenario for the next year, 2015, what would that calendar year look like for you?
4: Two fights in the year, the whole year, because it's it's, it's it's world title fights. It takes it takes time to train for them. It's a uh, it's a special kind of training you have to do. It's not just a three round fight.
1: Here's Molino Rama. He is the all new World Series of Fighting heavyweight champion. Smolino, thanks again for doing this, man. Just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe.
4: Uh, Smolino Rama on uh, on Facebook, obviously, and on Twitter it's at Smolino S M E A L I N H O. I'm also on Google Plus, so Smolino Rama, and you know shoot me a message. I got. I'm always posting. I'm always keeping up to date. Great sponsors, everybody. So. Yeah, if you want to check me out, I'm always on those sites.
1: Yeah, just give a shout-out to those sponsors if you want.
4: Definitely. It's, it's, it's NeverTap, uh, Optimum Wellness Center, uh, YEG Dance Club, and uh, Royal Empire Jewelry.
1: Speaking of NeverTap, those guys, they're from up here in Vancouver, British Columbia as well. Just sort of explain to our listeners how you got involved with those guys, because NeverTap seems to be punching out a lot of these guys right now.
4: Well what happened is they had they had sponsored a fighter. I fought for the number one uh spot in Canada that Mike Hackert and I kinda um, I was under their I was in their radar because I was coming up quick and then obviously it was time to fight him, so I got in that fight and knocked him out and they were kinda like, Whoa, and they wanted to work together right away. So, you know it's a great relationship. They're a great sponsors. Um you, you know, their their clothing is incredible. I can't say it's I'm not just saying that because they're my sponsor, but their, their gear is amazing. It's top. It's top notch. Like I'm sitting here wearing one of their shirts right now. And <laughs> everything's like the materials great. The um the the logos are incredible. They're just the best shirt I've ever worn.
1: Thanks a lot, Smolino. That's awesome. And uh, can't wait to see you back in the cage whenever that is.
4: Definitely. Thanks for having me on.
1: This kid at 22 years old knows exactly. What he wants with his mixed martial arts career, he takes training seriously, from the sounds of it he's not partying all too often because he was only at his after party for about 10 minutes, and he's already back to training.